Power to the people, we are about to do maintenance. Yeah, yeah, we're going to rock that crack when it came in. It's me, it's me, it's Podcast P. And we got you stuck off the realness. Yeah, yeah, we be the infamous You Heard of Us official. Peckham. Peckham audio murderers. Uh, welcome into a new edition of the world famous Two Stubborn Nigerians podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Thank you once again for joining us on another one of our instinctive travels down the path of rhythm. Thank you for joining us as we once again maraud into the midnight. Thank you for joining us as we once again enter the Wu-Tang. Yes, all 36 chambers. Thank you for joining us as we once again try and seize control of the course of the next about hour and 30 minutes-ish. We're going to try and lay down the blueprint of what it takes to have a successful award-winning Grammy-nominated podcast. We don't necessarily mm. have all of that, but we'll see one day. Maybe. Who knows? Um, then on top of that, we're going to show you why we were good kids. We were unfortunately just raised in a really, really, really mad city. It's quite mm. mad, man. It was a mad mm. city. It was chaotic, to be honest, man. Though sometimes I'd, I'd find myself, I'd be slipping, I was falling, I couldn't get up. But I had wow. to find a way. And if at all, as ever, on this audiastic adventure, you lose your way, you can call me if you get lost. As I mentioned, I am one half of your co-host, Podcast P. I'm joined, as ever, by my illustrious co-host, my co-host, Des, with the most Des. He goes by many names. It's the guy that gave the look, the verse, and the hook. That's every pod sounds like Kex featuring Kex. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And welcome into another edition of the Two Star Nigerians podcast. As I mentioned, we are a podcast here where we like to just talk about music, hip-hop, R&B, life, really, man. And if you're a fan of this type of thing, you can catch us wherever you get podcasts from, wherever it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, we are there. If we're not, let me know. I'll make sure that we're there for you. In the meantime, you can catch us on all of our socials on Twitter. We are at 2SNigerians. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can find us at 2 underscore stubborn underscore Nigerians. And of course, please do check us out on our YouTube channel, which is Two Sub Nigerians. Whilst you're there, man, like a video, subscribe, ring that note, ring that bell to stay notified on all of our content, and and you know, comment, share it, do all that good stuff. But yeah, this is our Two Sub Nigerians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing this fine Monday bank holiday, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. I have had a very up and down weekend. In terms of busyness. Um, but luckily for me, Sunday I got to lie in. Um, so today I'm feeling, you know, relaxed, vibed out, um, ready for the week of back to work to start, you know, that Tuesday back. That Tuesday back after a bank holiday is sufferation every single damn time. But we'll get through it because we've got through every single other one. Sufferation word. It's a word in my vocabulary. It's been a word in my vocabulary since first year. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Not in your vocabulary? No, I I, I speak English. Um, yeah, nah, for you. Four-day work weeks, whether it's the Monday that you have off, are just long. Mm. Absolutely mm. long. Friday Friday bank holidays are the Monday bank holidays, because I don't know yeah. what. Mondays are just, no. Um, but yeah, nah, for you. What are those weekends, man? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Had to... It was up and down for me. Unfortunately, I had to go to London, but fortunately, we did some positive things in London, so <laughs> it was good. And I, I made it out of there in one piece alive, mm. which is not which is not a given, you know, knowing the delinquency and stupidity that London City has to offer. So, you know, we're just thankful every single day. I'm back in the 0161, um, happy, pleasant, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, you know, and saying there's children outside swinging on the swings, enjoying, mm. you know, amenities that actually work and that are clean and healthy That's and not polluted breathing in the air because you can do you know what i'm saying so yeah it's good man it's good it's, it's good to be back it's good to be back um in the land of in the land of kings up here so you know happy 
happy man. Mm. Happy. Mm. I mean, you said that you went to London this weekend. Yes, sir. First question I have for you, because mm-hmm. obviously I'm I'm privy to this information. Not everyone else is. So let me add that. Listen, you obviously went down via public transport. I did. Right. Okay. So, Paul, as a music podcast, the people want to know what did you listen to on your journey down to London. What did I listen to on journey down to what London? That's a great to, question. Man? Well, I listened to I listened to I used the time to listen to the album that we'll be getting on to today for album of the week. So that is mm-hmm. one. Um, that's one. The second one um, that I listened to, I listened to Estate Sale. Call me if you get lost. Mm. The Estate Sale. Um, I watch a lot of TV, so I didn't actually listen to as much music as I typically did. I was watching some TV. Um, but then listen to some Fleetwood Mac. Started off the journey. Okay. I did. I did start off the journey with some Fleetwood Mac. Actually, then I listened to that, and then I got onto Tyler's "I Fucking Hate You, But I Love You," and that's what led me onto the estate sale. That's actually the journey. That's the journey that I went on. Actually, yeah. Mm. Started off mm. with Fleetwood Mac because the sun was shining. I was like, man, sun <laughs> shining. I'm vibing. I want my coffee. I'm good. Let me just let me just post this Fleetwood Mac video real quick. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened in my synoptic optic nerve um mm. that led me to then say from Fleetwood Mac and my peaceful vibes to I fucking hate you, but I love you. <laughs> but then I can very easily put how that then took me on to you know show me how to stunt. I'm gonna show you how to stunt mm-hmm, on a web. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can see yep. how I got to there. Mm. I can see how I got from I fucking hate you to mob a nigga up, mob a nigga up, then I'm headed to Milan. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I can mm-hmm. that and then yeah, just some vibes across the rest of the way. Fam, do you have an album that you ever like when you open your phone, it's just your go-to? Because I depends where like... I am. Right, okay. How so? Because if it's the gym, like if I'm in the gym and I don't know what album I want to listen to in the gym, my go-to gym album is and always has been since I really started gymming all the way back in 2013, 14. Mm Oxymoron. Like it's always been my gym album. That's interesting. Last time I saw Jimin. That's interesting because mine is also a TDE album, but it's not Oxymoron. Mm -hmm. It's um, not true. Is it true of life? It's not true of life. These days, <laughs> that's it. That is these days. Yeah, these days because it helps me segment my whole what I'm doing. You know, it helps me segment how long I'm supposed to be there, what I'm supposed to be doing. Not necessarily hype, but it just makes life easier in the gym. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting because I think you're right. When because mm, recently, the last few, the last couple weeks at least, my go-to has been a state sale. And then I kind of branch out after that, just because it's so easy to listen to, especially like just those extra deluxe songs. It's so easy to branch out from there into whatever I'm going to listen to after that. But yeah, no, nah, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting yeah. thought of just having a song album that you play immediately. Yeah, no, it depends where I am. Like I said, for the gym, oxymoron. If I'm in the car, it's become um, hit the worst Man's volume eight. Um, side A, um, and then if I'm like going on a little gander like through town, like a little excursion, it's the combination of plugs I met and Daytona because they're both like sort of 25 minutes, give or take, add them up, probably take me about an hour to listen to the two of them. Then, boom, that's if I'm just going into town, quick chop it up, head back home. Those are the two albums, quick and easy. I don't need to think about so. It, it, those are it. The, I have go to albums for different times. It's not just to open up my phone, I don't know what to listen to. I'll go to this one. It depends where I'm at and what I'm doing. 
yeah. Fair. That's what we got. Mm, okay. All right. What have you been listening to this week, though, outside of just that journey? That was a great question. Um, A lot of different nonsense, a lot of different shit. I listened to the Kamau album that you requested or suggested. Mm. Um, was it Glorious Fortune? Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was cool. It had some songs that I liked that, that I liked more than others. And the last song on that, Police, I thought was really, it was really cool, just in the sense that, like, um, it's police in terms of the police, but then also mm-hmm. it can be read as, like, po- like you're saying please, and, like, you're begging the police not to kill you, which is obviously the message that he was getting at with the police violence that was going on at the time. Thought it was interesting. I, I get the sense that he's... Um, It'll be interesting to listen to other projects with him. And it was decent enough that I would consider listening to other projects from him. I'll say that. So that's a plus. I get yeah. the worry that he might be someone, and I say this about a lot of artists, who are almost too creative for their own good. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd be interested to see how that translates to other projects. I know he recently released a new album, um, Lacuna in the House of Mirrors. Um, with some interesting features on there, which I do want to go listen to. I just haven't had the time yet, but I will check that out. But it was a good, it's a good little listen. Mm. Good little listen. Um, then the other day, I did a nice little MMG deep dive in terms of listening to all of, um, well, I listened to all of Wale's albums, not named The Gifted. Um, okay. And then I listened to all of Meek Mill's albums, not named um, whatever his most recent album was called, because I can't remember what that's called now. And I just didn't have time to listen to it. But I listened to all of that in the same day. It's really good. Good little back-to-back, man. Wale's albums live differently. Mm. Like, different, differently, differently. Mm. Um, And it was really interesting, because I was listening to the Wale albums, right? And I was like, obviously, we've been saying on this podcast, and Wale said it previously, and I think it's, it's all fair and good. As a take of like, oh, if Kendrick made the album about nothing, like we talk about, like it'd be Grammy nominated. Where I talk about is one of the greatest albums of all time. And I was actually listening through them. I was like, if Drake made Wow, that's crazy, man. That the way people crazy. talk about that project, like, because some of the way Wale was rapid, even some of the themes, like you think about a song like Cliche with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Westside Boogie and Ari Lennox, right? Mm-hmm. And the rapping and what they're talking about in there, especially Westside um, Boogie and Wale, what they're talking about, their inabilities to get into relationships and inabilities to trust. And I was like, imagine if Drake said Wale's verse on this. Like, you'd be looking at niggas quoting this every single tweet when they have yeah. a breakup with their girl. Do you know what I'm saying? Fam, like, everyone, like, man, they're so real. They're so real. That's man. what I'm saying. Tapping into it. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Even if Cole made Set You Free. And like where he starts off that song was like, picture that. Imagine a black man learning to love himself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine Cole mm-hmm. was saying that. Like, that would be like, man, Cole's so real, just teaching us about loving ourselves and how we need to create. But when Wale says it, it's like, niggas don't even listen to it. It's so interesting. But that's it's such crazy. a good album. Such a mm. good album. And they live, yeah. man. They li- they really have lived. That album, Ambition, obviously the album about nothing. Even attention deficit, if you want to go all the way, way back. Um, great. And then Meek. It's just disappointing, man. It's just so disappointing. <laughs> why? Because why is championships that long? <laughs> really? Every time. It's so annoying. Like, I'm just listening to it. I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect. Okay, give me uptime vibes. I can live with it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Carly mm-hmm. comes on, on me. This is perfect. All this mm-hmm. is perfect. What's free? This is perfect. Championship. This is perfect. All this. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. Then, um, what's the song? 
going bad. This is perfect. All good. And then it just keeps going. Why? Like, why? I don't need this Kodak song. Like, you know, I love future. I don't need this future song. Like, yeah. just stop. And then you get to Cold Hearted 2 at the end, and you're like, mm-hmm. bro, this is sensational. Why didn't you bring this in 30 to 40 minutes earlier? And we'd be. Uh, it was a music done, man. It was a music. He was sitting so on the lot. And he didn't need to. Because he, he literally dropped to. a four pack like um, two months, six months prior. I'm like, bro. Yep. But yeah, either way. But the meat D dive is, is good. It's fine. I, I think, like, I saw, obviously, I don't know if you saw the tweet that was going around this week of, like, um, what was your favorite freestyle of the blog era? And mm-hmm. so much of it was just meek freestyles from back in the day when he was coming up in, like, 10, 11, 12. And it's just like, bro, yep. this guy was just a force. So that is, like, one of those you had to be there moments to really mm-hmm. understand what it meant, like, meeks come up and, like, to see the yeah, career he's gone on to have. Like, it's it's... It's testament to his craft and his skill. Cause there was a moment there where he was genuinely like one of the biggest artists in the world. Yeah, that's and there was a real argument to say that he was like what two, three range, if not at one point even maybe one near when Amma Boss came out. And I mean, artist, artist is a big stretch, but rapper, he was definitely rapper, one of the most yeah. And I think like he he it's like even when um there was that rumor that that piff had shut down like a month ago or two mm-hmm. ago or however long that was and it was like yo like that piff meek dream chasers two oh my god that piff oh my god like it <laughs> crashed that piff multiple days in a row like the amount of downloads <laughs> that tape was getting and rightfully so because dream chasers two is a Ooh. like Mount Rushmore mixtape of that era. Man, you know what I mean. So, man, did you see that um thread that was asking what you what your favorite mixtapes were? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fam, that was a crazy thread. Like just going through that thread, and I almost said it. I almost had it for one of the questions of the week, but by the time we got to recording, it was a bit too late for that. But man, some of the some of the mixtapes that I was seeing there, I kind of missed the mixtape era, man. And I don't know if we can ever get back to the mixtape era just because of how streaming has changed music, but man, there was a certain vibe to knowing that it was a mixtape over an album. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference. There was always just a difference. Like, it just felt a bit more... I don't even know how to explain it. It felt a bit more... Not special. I wouldn't say special. It just felt... It just had a different feeling altogether, man. It just didn't feel like, oh, this artist I love is dropping... A project like right now, a project can mean album, mixtape, it's all the same to me at this point. All of it is blurred into one. The only time I see it as different is if they specifically call it an EP, at which point I say, okay, they're just they're packaging something to give to the people, but not necessarily anything serious. But back then, it was album, album is this, and mixtape can be anything, and it's just a fun, it's a fun something. It was just raw. Like it was, it was, it was mm. just raw, and it wasn't as polished. So, like, you look at where Cole drops "Born Sinner," for example, June twenty thirteen. Like the month prior, less than a month prior, a few weeks prior, he drops "Truly Yours" too, with songs like "Cold Summer" on there, mm. and like he's able to rap over the Lauren Hill sample, and it's just pure open, like just his brain dump of thoughts as he prepared to drop the album. 
And then you go a few months prior to that when he drops Truly Yours One and you get songs like Stay, Tears for ODB, um, kind of holler at you where it's mm. like really just serious, deep, emotive stuff where he's like no structure to it, no real hooks, like no real fancy, nothing fancy about it, just sample rap, right? And then, mm. but it was raw. And so then when he got to the album and you get the more polished, clean cut, James Flontroy on The Born Sinner, um, TLC on The Crooked Smile, Kendrick on The Forbidden Fruit, you see mm. that distinction and it allows you to appreciate both sides. Exactly. So, when you go, yeah. so when you go back and listen to mixtape Meek Mill and you hear him and Big Sean on Burn for the first time going back to back, just rapping, almost feeling like they're in a <laughs> cypher going back and back, you're like, yo, this is crazy. And then when you get to the respective albums from each of those rappers that followed that up, and then you hear Big Sean with My Last, or you hear Meek Mill with um, Maybach Curtains, for example, and you get that polished, more refined sound for the album. It gave both sides just such a special quality. The mixtape era, especially at that time, because that's mm-hmm. our mixtape era. Like, we could go back to the mixtape era of the early 2000s where 50 came up and Kiss came up and Fab came up. That's not our mixtape era. I'm not going to pretend like mm-hmm. we. Like, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to pretend like we. Like, I don't know 50s mixtape tapes that came before get rich or die trying you know what i mean yeah but for our mixtape era like that that piff era the late 2000s um early 2010s era like it was just a special special time of creativity for these rappers and and it's the reason i think we have so many successful rappers from that period who are still here dog not to quote drake but to quote drake like (laughs) you know what i mean like that's the reason they're still around is because like they were able to like do all their growing out of the like mainstream limelight do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i'm getting off on a tangent here i actually don't want us to stay here but it's an interesting point because like, i was thinking this the other day like i was in my car driving to work and i was listening to um the lost boy by corday and i always go back and remember to where like he tweeted probably at this time last year actually where he was like he just did a long journey and listened to the lost boy and from a bird's eye view back to back and mm-hmm. he like apologized to his fans because he finally realized that Bird's Eye View was not up to the standard of The Lost Boy, even though he was arguing with them. Yo, I'm better. Like, you finally realize what they were saying. He's like, I promise to do better. Um, and I just think, like, imagine if he could have done that growing pain outside of the spotlight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, where mm. these guys were able to do their growing pain. Like, in between, what is it? Yeah, in between Sideline Story and Born Sinner, Cole drops Visions from Home. And a lot of people yeah. won't have even, a lot of Cole fans won't have even listened to Visions from Home. But there's mm-hmm. so many different things that are in there, like as a really, you could tell the growth that he was doing away from the limelight. So that when he did step back into the limelight with a born sinner, he was like even more of a refined artist type mm. thing. And Meek would do the same and Wale would do the same. Wale still does, like he drops EPs quite frequently, like little four packs here and there. Um, and little Lucy's as well. But it was it's just so much more under the spotlight now, whereas back then, yeah. It's just been whatever. And it's crazy now because like if he turns around and drops a seven song project and doesn't necessarily title it an EP, the world is looking at that as oh, this is your third album. Yeah. Until you tell us otherwise. And that's just there's a crazy amount of pressure that comes with the title of album. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's interesting. I'm happy we had, I yeah, as you said, we won't stay there, but I'm happy we had that discussion. It was cool. I mean, 
I mean, we won't say that because you mentioned album, and it's important for us to talk about an album that's coming sometime in mm. the month of July, which is Red Shot by a good friend of the podcast, Cam Thomas. Um, but before we can get to that, we have to talk about the show that himself and Five Only Entertainment put on in London over this bank holiday coronation weekend. It was coronation of King Charles, but it was really coronation of King K and King Cat. For real. That's- for real, no, shut me up. No, shut me up. Come on, man. I was even thinking the same thing. I was like, man, <laughs> King Charles might have to have a word because yeah. Charlie, you got out did. You got out did on your own weekend. Um, Yo. five... <laughs> you have to ask who had the better for rock. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, rock the rock came in, rocking that fur coat. I was like, oh, King Charles, are, King Charles, I want it in Peckham. That's the reason. The reason they had to do that coronation on the other side of London. I understand. That's the reason I didn't see one Union Jack whilst I was in Peckham, not one, because they knew what was going on today. They knew what was going on today. Um, Five Only Entertainment put on um, their first ever show as a as a collective. The real is back. Peckham Audio, May sixth, twenty twenty three. Unbelievable show. Yep, Un- unbelievable show. Um, we have performances from K Faraway, YSO, um, Rock Noir, King K, Cam Thomas, and of course, gosh, shout out DJ Hacko on the ones and twos who was just killing it. What a performance! What a day, man! What a show! What a performance! Everyone really came to play. It was a great showcase of rap, um, from across the country, from across the region. Um, that's really on the come up and like unbelievable performances all the way through. All the way through, like it was, it was really good to be exposed to these guys and 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 for them to get that shot and the energy in the building, especially by the end of the night, was like palpable. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was one of them when you begin nights like that, and we've been to like we've been to big hip hop shows. You know what I'm saying? You begin the night yeah. like that, hip hop niggas, we're too cool, bro. You know mm. what I'm saying? Niggas are too cool. <laughs> got the hoods up, got the shades on, just standing at the back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just all of that. So it's just like, bro, and it's London too. So you know everyone's yeah. bad vibes in general. <laughs> so it's just like all of that nonsense. But then as the nights all warmed up and as the artists really got into their shit, whole energy just changed. Everyone was just into it, rocking out the songs. Even when you didn't know the lyrics to the songs, you could tell the vibes were going. All yeah. of the performers killed in their individual performances. So it was a, it was an it was an amazing night, man. It was an amazing night. Wow, it was cold. It was cold for multiple reasons. Um, I mean, one thing that Cam said that the second he said it, I was like, he's so right. He's so right. And it was all I could think of um throughout pretty much the rest of the event after he said it, which is those events for like for people like us where we are like we're hip hop heads, and there's a bunch of hip hop heads around the nation, but like one of the reasons I stopped going to clubs in general during uni was because as much as they may play songs that I like and they'll have sections of the night that I like, they're not playing songs that I would just generally want to listen to anyway. Um, for the whole night, I shout out to DJ Hacker because oh my god, really? he played the hits. No, he you gotta understand. This is this what this is what really got me. The first mm. song this nigga played was Doctor Birds Fam. by Griselda. I said, okay, we're here. We're here. Um, the first even... song he played was Tell Virgil Write Brick on My Brick. Um, that's what Paul, before you even showed up, he was playing songs from Hitler Wears Hermes 10. I said, What? Okay, <laughs> all right, there's something. All right, let's see where the night goes. And it just kept on getting better and better and better. DJ Hacker, oh my goodness, gracious. I need that playlist. I need oh, that playlist. I forgot to ask you there and then 
But 100, 100% DJ Hacker, we're going to need that mix. Only, only gripe I had, and I said mm-hmm. it to Raheem at the time, is when you played Hit Him Up, I just needed you to mix that in with Who Shot Ya. Just go straight into Who Shot Ya. That's all I needed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Other than that, perfect, perfect, perfect that, performance. Perfect, perfect, man. And that's the thing, like, when Cam said it, like, we don't really have events where, um, are like, we're not hearing what we want to hear. That was one of those events where we were hearing what we wanted to hear. One of the things that I was not even, I would say nervous, but one of the things that I was thinking of before we showed up was, okay, there's going to be a few hours performing. I've never gone to an event like this where I don't know all the words. Like, usually when I go to a concert, I'm going to go and see Schoolboy Q. And I've, I, know, I know the words better than Schoolboy Q himself. Schoolboy Q can't tell me what the lyrics are to this, so I know it. I'm going to go see Joey Badass. I know it. You can't tell me the words of paper trails. I'll tell you the words of paper trail, Joey. Give me the mic. Hand me the mic right now. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like going to a concert where, or a showcase where I don't know any of the words except for some of the songs that Cam may perform. May. Like, question mark on May, because we do that. This is something that he's doing to show up, um, show up for the album that is yet to come. Um... But man, there was something crazy about sitting down and listening to the artists who I haven't heard before and hearing some of the, like, just lyricism, just excellent oh, lyricism. Dude, just catch him. Fam, I was just like, what did he just say? And so many times, there were points where literally I had to grab Paul and just be like, did you just hear what this... <laughs> King K just said, What? Far away just said, what? Why so just said, what? But some of the bars I was hearing, I was like, there's no way that these guys are just... And these guys aren't some of the biggest artists in the UK right now, and they're spitting like this. On some of these beats, I was hitting the production, by the way. My goodness. I was so happy that they were shouting out their producers throughout the night because, man, some of those beats were outrageously tough. Outrageously. They have no business being that tough. My God. Those... It was an event where it was just like the talent that was showcased just far exceeded anything that I was expecting for the night. Far exceeded. I think you've hit hit the nail on the head with the word you used twice there now, man. It was a showcase. It was a showcase of serious talent, like from from like YSO, for example, being a rapper as cold as he was to the point where like audience were like DJ stopped the beat. He kept rapping. Always like that. Wheel that. Wheel that all the way back to the beginning, right now. But then you remember that he produced all of his shit. Man, man. You know what I'm saying? When when Rock Noir came on and he started spitting in French, that Bro? little bit, and, he, and then you and then you deep the wordplay that he was doing around that as well. I was like, because when Cam introduced Rock Noir, he was like, this guy was just to say Rock Marciano. If you know that vibe, you know. What you think? I was like, N- N- this, don't. I'm already here. You don't need to sell anything to me. Like I'm here. I'm in the building already. See, you're gonna be different to me. I was like, come man, I trust you, but don't don't go making promises you, know you mean, can't like, keep. You don't need to make promises you can't keep. <laughs> it was the nigga who walked on stage with the big before, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> he started rapping, and the beat was playing. I was like, this is literally like in that vein, exactly what I want to hear when you said that. When you go mm-hmm. back to like K Far Away, first of all, shout out to West Mids, Dudley in the building, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and him starting off the night and his performances and the way he was able to dip 
in and out of not just rapping, but then having that R&B bag to the side as well, which I thought was a really good blend. Like, his performance was cold. And then King K and the diversity in his performance. Like, when he said, obviously, this is London, so we need to take it garage. And 1-2 came, and he started playing 1-2. Oh, my God. Like, Bro, just stay in this pocket right here. My God. Stay in that pocket. Give me more of that pocket right hey, there. Hey, listen, man. That's a superstar right there. I'll tell you from now. I'll tell you from now. Um, the way no, 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 no. He is King K. That everyone stood out for me, but King K. My goodness gracious, my goodness gracious, man, I was blown away, blown. Oh man, man, fam. It was just, it was a crazy night, fam. And then for Cam Thomas to come on in the end, in the, the fashion that he came on. Yeah, crazy, crazy. I've, I was excited for the project anyway, just based on what financial time, what financial times was, what some of these Lucys have been in terms of swingers clubs, um, in terms of Heisman. I can't remember the names now, Heisman, but the other the other Lucys I've forgotten the names. I was excited off of what Red Shirt was gonna be anyway, but hearing how he came on stage and just wrapped his ass off. For however long he wrapped his ass off, and knowing that those are going to be singles on this upcoming album, my goodness gracious, Paul! Like the excitement levels have gone through. This is going to be a really good album, just based on. And I'm sure we haven't even heard up to half of the album, but based on the songs that we heard, that album is looking dangerous already. Dang. I think the positive. I think the positive is really about that album, really for all the artists as well, and um, because obviously we are fans of Cam, we listen to his music, and obviously it's one of the reasons we were there. Um, so, like, but with him and like I said with the album, we we were in the same boat with all the other artists, where we didn't know the songs that were coming. All of the songs sound really good live, which really gives you high expectations for what they will sound like. CDQ quality on streaming platforms, um, and that is. The, one of the biggest testaments I could pay. Like he, all those songs sounded great performed live to the point I was like, okay, now I really, really want to hear this. Just in my normal platform, I can sit down and really take in all the bars of what you're saying, taking all the schemes. And that's not just Cam, like that was with everyone. Everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone, um, which is impressive. Like highlight of the night for me, man, was like King K just dropping that little freestyle or whatever it was off the dome. And I'm there front row to the DJ. I was like, yo, wheel that up. Wheel that up now. And the DJ's like, bro, I can't wheel up. That's not a song. I was like, what? Pardon me? Because it was one of the hardest bars I've ever heard. And I was like, oh my, did he just, no way. No way. You're telling me that was off the dome? I was like, what do you mean it's not a song? Guys looking at me like, bro, it's not a song. I'm like, that made that to a song now. Like, <laughs> it was a great show. It was a great showcase, man. Shout out Five Only Entertainment and everyone involved with putting that on. Shout out all the acts that performed on that night. Um, you got fans in us for real, for mm-hmm. real. Um, we're gonna like continue to keep up with all of your content and everything you guys put out. We'll continue to shout it out, continue to shout out up and coming black artists from the UK, um, black rappers from the UK because we need it. Like I said, the energy in that room was sensational. Can't wait for them to host more events like yeah. that because I think it was a phenomenal first one. And for that to be your first one, man, salute to everyone involved. Um, it ran seamlessly for them to not have had a host and were hosting sort of ad hoc, ran seamlessly. 
Like it just felt like a it felt like they've been doing this for years. So that's one of the biggest compliments and testaments I can pay to everyone involved. A shout out to to them. The real is back. Red shirt. Cam Thomas, look out for that album. Album, album. We're not talking project, not talking tape. We're marking it as an album coming um, summer this year. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that shit. Mm. Mm. I can't wait. I cannot wait. That show was great. As great as that show was, we have to get into another segment that we like to do on this podcast. Um, that segment that we've been doing as of late is the question of the week. Paul, you had a great question of the week this week, man. Do you want to let the people know what it was? Not you telling me I'm doing great. <laughs> Thank you, sis. <laughs> Bro, you have, to, you have to shout out your guys when you can. Come on, right. you look, at that, look at that positive reinforcement <laughs> right there. That's how we do it. No, so obviously we are in the year of our Lord 2023. And I was, you know, just reflecting and looking back. And really because of some songs I've been listening to over the past few weeks, I was like, man, we need to shout out what a monumental year the year of our Lord 2013 was in music. So with it being 10 years since that time, and we're close enough to halfway through this year, I thought let's look back at 2013 and pick five of our top albums from 2013. So we're going to do a top five. For mine, there are no particular order. I also have a particular way I've selected this five because you know me, I like to be difficult. Um, yeah, every I time. I, I apologise, man. It's my it's my Aries <laughs> moon or some shit like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I've I've particular done a particular way of picking mine. For you, any particular way, or did you just pick five of your favorites from 2013? Um, I picked five of my favorites okay. off rip, but then there's more than five albums from 2013 that have a special place in my heart. So I have a few honorable shout outs, honorable mentions, should I say not shout outs. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, man, I just, I pretty much just went through, I went back to just albums in my phone, picked ones that I played a lot, and then checked to see what year it was. And I was like, man, where would I rank this in my head? And I tried to keep it to five. I have about seven that I've listed, but I'll keep it to my top five and then just mention the other ones. No, that's perfect. Cause I've got two questions to start off. And so if either of these answers to these questions are in your top five, you can take them out and replace them with the other ones. Okay. So the first question I have is going back, cast your mind back to Raheem in December of 2013. I know Damn. you're in, you know, Sir Henry Floyd, you're struggling with further maths. They've just introduced mm-hmm. imaginary numbers. You're talking about, man, did I make the right choice here? <laughs> just, you just found out the roller coasters just work off momentum. So you decided that you're never going on a roller coaster again. Am I, off pace here? Am I in the right you're ballpark? Not. You're completely in the right ballpark. Man. Perfect. <laughs> What was your favorite album of 2013 at that time? Do you remember? My favorite at that exact time. Woof. At that time, my favorite album would have been Nothing Was the Same. Okay. Nothing Was okay. the Same. That at that point, especially in that December, at the end of the year, Nothing Was the Same was pretty much the only album I was listening to. Um, it was on constant repeat. Anything else I would listen to here and there. But nothing was the same. It had me. It had me by a stranglehold and refused to let go. As it should have, to be honest with you. For me, nothing was the same was pipped out by My Name Is My Name. And mm. look at that, man. The battle lines were drawn from all the way back there. Push your teeth just to pip it out. Um, Drake's <laughs> Nothing Was The Same. I finished that <laughs> yeah. year on such a high with My Name Is My Name. I just couldn't go over it. I love that project so much. And, and it was like, again, that was the first solo Push T album 
that I had been able to listen to. And it goes back to what we were saying before. Pusha T was able to like grow my fandom through his, through copious amounts of mixtapes in the two, three years prior from signing to good music from what, 2010, 2009, 10, coming into um, Kanye's My Beautiful Dip, Twist, Dark Twist Fantasy, then building to his debut um, solo album on good music with My Name Is My Name, and then boom. So that, mm. that, was what I finished 2013 being my favorite album. Now looking back, what is your probably the album that you're most fond of from 2013? Is it still nothing was the same or is it different? From 2013, the album I'm most fond of from 2013 in general would have to be uh 2020 experience. 2020 experience. I think volume one or volume longest. two. Uh volume one. I don't think volume two came out until the next year. No. Yeah, no, Volume 2 came out next year, didn't it? Was it 14? I think Maybe. so. Maybe, I can't remember. Yeah, but either way, Volume 1, oof, man, that's one of those albums that if I turn it on today, I still enjoy it the same way I enjoyed it the very first time I listened to it. And that's not to say that these other albums, I don't enjoy it the same way as the first time I listened to it, but it's to say I don't enjoy them the same way I listened to them the first time. It is literally... Like the enjoyment I get from nothing was the same. A lot of it is still is based in nostalgia. A lot of it is based in this sounds good. It still sounds pretty good for where where we are today, but it isn't. Oh man, I. It's not that like wow, this sounds brand new and I'm experiencing it for the first time. Whereas 2020 experience, every single every sound that comes on is like wow, wow. This is I still can't believe it. I'm still in like absolute shock at what this album is, man. Like, I have to think the only reason I downloaded this album when I did was because I saw him. What I even, I just, it was so random when I downloaded it. I just, I think it was just an album cover, in fact, that got me. And I was like, oh, I'm interested in this. And then I saw him saying that he liked Miguel's album or that the Kaleidoscope Dream was one of the best albums he'd listened to. I was like, hey, let me go listen to 2020 Experience. And it was just for real one of the best albums I've ever heard. Like, man, man, that album has stood the test of time and then some for me. That's facts. That's facts. Mm-hmm. I thought you, for me, I go um, Jay Z, Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Um, wow, like really? 100%. 100%. Like, as I've grown older, some of the concepts and shit that he was talking about, like, I appreciate them so much deeper. I appreciate so many of the references, which I just wasn't a privy to or, or didn't really resonate with me back when I was 16, 15, then 16, listening to that album. Like it was something with like now when I listen to it and I listen to songs like Nickels and Dimes, for example, like mean something more to me when I listen to um I'm going to forget the name of the song, but um, apologies in order to Blue Wife and my daughter. If it was up to me, you would be with me. So you're like Daddy Dearest. Like songs like that resonate with me so much more than they did. Whereas like in 2013, yeah, like I, the best way I say it is like 2013, I liked the album, but I thought it was top heavy. Like it was carried for me by Magna Carta, then into Picasso Baby, then into Tom Ford, then into Fuck With Me, you know, I got it. Like the top of the yeah. album carried it for me because I love the beats, I love the production, I love the rhyming scheme, all that shit. I love the features on there. 
now when I listen to it, it's the back end of the album that gets me more than the top end of the album. Do you know what I mean? Like that, it's it's flipped. And so it's just grown on me so much more in these last 10 years that my appreciation for it is like, yeah, it, it, it's the album from 2013 that I'm probably most fond of today still, even over, even over 2020 experience, which, I mean, we both are quoted on this podcast as absolutely loving, even over Janae's Sale Out EP with songs mm. like The Worst and The Vapors and all of that and Bed Piece and all of that even over that, even over a Born Sinner, um, it's it's the one that really, like, has has grown the most and stands the test of time for me. Wow. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I literally... It's a funny one, because um, I remember when the album came out, I really enjoyed it, and I was a fan of it. But at that same time, and I, I was a, what, 14-year-old, relatively impressionable, and I remember... I think around that same time, there was someone. It was someone that was older than us that we both knew. And I can't remember exactly who it was, but they drove. And I used to play it in the car when I'll get in and take the orcs. And I played the album. And their reaction, the way that they disliked the album, I don't know, it was like a subconscious thing, because I still love the songs that I loved from that album. But after a while, I was like, maybe this album isn't as good as I, as I think it is. And it started to affect how I would listen to it. And over time, it sort of went down in my ranking. And I don't know how much of that is, was subconscious and how much of that was like genuine, like maybe I don't like it as much as I do. Um, but it's just an album that I haven't actually really ever gone back to since 2013. So well, I think it would be the, fun. Maybe that's a mm-hmm. task for you in this week to go listen to it and then come in next week and give it a ranking on the two sub Nigerians go. Possibly. Possibly. In fact, no, I definitely will. Because that's, even like just thinking back to some of the songs, that's, it had what, On The Run Part 2, right? It did have On The Run Part 2. Mm, I'm said, cross, cross the line, speak about mine, I'm a wave this tech, I'm a geek about my. oh my goodness. Man, oh man. My goodness. Who and needs a type of love story anyway? Said I as well on stage saying, don't kill me, don't send your hitters after me. Oh, <laughs> I didn't man. expect anything, Disrespect. expect repercussions. <laughs> what a, wow man man yeah no nah, i need to go back and listen to that album man that is that's a shocking answer but fair fair i mean it shouldn't be it's jay-z <laughs> i think that album though before we get into our top fives i think that album's really interesting because i think it's one of those things where it's like it's not as good as um some people it's one of those when it's not as good as some people will lead you to believe and some jay-z super fans will lead you to believe and i think it's definitely not as good as initial reactions in 2013 led you to believe i think it was carried by songs which are just like so beautifully constructed like a tom ford or a picasso baby and then everyone's like yo this is amazing it's, amazing. it's not like like it's not an upper echelon jay-z album and it's definitely not as bad as other people lead you to believe do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has its high points, it has its low points. It's by no means a perfect album. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was ranking it on R2 stuff and that during scale for me, I'd probably say, like, it's pretty damn good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a serious mm. project. It's definitely not stamped, but it's pretty damn good. Um, but it's just one that I'm just really fond of in terms of mm. the messages that come out of it now. Fair. But let's get into our top fives. All right, cool. How do you want to do this? Uh... We list the we list our top five and then swap or back and forth. No, we'll ping pong it. All right, cool. Because we will have so, five completely different projects on each side. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, cool. Do you want to start? No, you start. Um, so taking now, nothing was the same, and the twenty twenty experience. Um, and number one, I have my name is my name. By Pusha T. Uh, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned already, man. Um, it's a weird one for me because in twenty thirteen, I didn't listen to this album. I think I listened to this album finally in like 2015 um, around the time when he was starting to talk about his next project that he wanted to release is when I went back and listened to that first project My Name Is My Name, let me not say project that first album on good music mm-hmm. My Name Is My Name um, and really started to understand why this nigga Paul refused to stop going on about Pusha T 24-7 why he was just such a staple in the music industry at that time like i really started to appreciate just how good and talented he was man um so i have my name my name at number one so with my list i've gone for um because i didn't want to just be naming the same stupid albums like so i went for if the albums you i'm gonna assume you're gonna name some of them so like my name my name is my name being an example that was the same mm-hmm. big example 2020 experience being an example which by the way i have that type of list and all three of those are on it yeah i class those as the a albums of 2013 mm-hmm. so i'm gonna give you what were my b albums of 2013 okay so number one i've got summer nights ep by Joey badass fair fair the 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 mixtape that started it all for me as the first project of his that I listened to, I then went back and listened to the ones pre prior to that. Um, but what a performance! What an introduction into who he was. To think he would have been sixteen at the time when that came out, maybe older, um, was just a stellar body of work. And then the whole pro era team that surrounded that as well, and and their contributions to it. So I got Summer Night CP. Fair. Fair. Um, I have B-sides because I stuck to my favourites. So my next album is Born Sinner. Um, Gold Standard. Gold Standard. Um, Easily could have been one of the albums that I looked most fondly on um, to this day because, man, there's something about how that album started, how it finished, how the deluxe sounded. It was... One of my most enjoyable albums. It was an album for me that didn't start my J. Cole fandom. Um, because I was definitely a fan from Cole World. Um, but it really solidified me as yeah, I'm here to stay. Like wherever wherever J. Cole goes, I go until he really disappoints me. And till this day he's yet to really disappoint me, man. So I've been here. I'm I'm surprised that's not your number one. I was assuming that would be above my name is my name. The it was a tough one. It was tough for me to pick between them, but I think my name is my name, just based on how it's lived for me since, and how often I go back to these albums. I go back to my name is my name more often, um, and I go back to singles from my name is my name more often. I think my favorite song between the two is still Nostalgia. So I think my name my name just about edges it. Favorite song on Bond Center. Favorite song on Born Sinner, Deluxe or Standard? Deluxe. This is a Deluxe album. And then you say Standard. I don't even, I don't even remember where the Standard ends for, for <laughs> all. It's Deluxe. <laughs> um, ooh. Probably Miss America. Mm. 
And that yeah. one, man, that when I tell you, and that is exactly what I'm talking about going into the beginning. Wow, look at Synergy, because this mixtape conversation mm. is going to come up a lot now. That mm. came out months before the album. Face where? Months before the album, Raheem. I oh, had yeah. that shit just, I am one, like we put like all those download <laughs> sites. I had that for time. I had that song wow. for time. That That is one of the songs that got me so gassed for this project. So then when he dropped the mm -hmm. deluxe and it was on there as the first single as the deluxe, I was just like, mm. this is the call when he's talking about, I'm a fuck your daughters, I'm a burn your flag. Man, man. It's so dead, so the devil bitch. I was like, oh my goodness. And he's just rapping and he just sounds Crazy. so angry and frustrated, but the bars are coming through. Yeah, mm. that was like, and again, it was just, it's not polished. Do you see what it's I'm saying? Not, yep. It's not as polished mm -hmm. as a as a Voluminati at the beginning. Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. it's that raw, authentic energy of what he was feeling that you can just get out without the worry of I need to sell records or it needs to sound like this or it needs to sound like that. That we yep. missed. We were mm. no mixtape here. What a song. Mm. What Man. a song. Crazy song. Crazy song. And for that to live on a project with Power Trip. Come on, bro. Ooh. Ooh, on, what? Bro. And I said you Man. got me up all night. Man. All I'm singing is love songs. Love songs. Oh, and I've God. been there now. <laughs> I hadn't been there in 2013. So in 2013, I thought I knew what it meant. I had no idea. I, did, I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. I had none the wiser. There's, there's listening to love songs, and then there's listening to love Man. songs. <laughs> Man, there's up at 2 a.m. I cannot sleep because Marvin Gaye is hitting a bit differently right now, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, understanding. All of a sudden, Gerald Levert makes sense. <laughs> Yo, I <laughs> said, Happy feelings in the air. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness! Oh, yeah. Good, great selection for me. At number two, I had to bring it to the UK demonstration by Tiny Temper. Wow, wow, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Absolutely. Wow. Loved that project. What mm. a way to follow up on his um, debut of discography and then to follow it up with Demonstration coming in at, in 2013. Songs like, um, what was it, Trampoline with 2 Chains, um, all the different hits that he had. And it's a shame because it's not on um, Spotify for whatever reason. It's not on um, Spotify. It's not on Spotify, so I still have to listen to it from my like literally from the illegal download that I have still from 2013. <laughs> um, but that's but yeah, what a project that I love. Don't sell out, it's okay with one Labyrinth. No with shape, shape that, right? With Big Sean, yeah. yes, sir. With heroes with Laura Mavula, lost ones with Pomona Foot. It was just such a good, good project. Like he's for me, he's one of the best rappers that we've had in this country, man. And he won't get his appreciation for that in the long run. Um, mm -hmm. I think because he was so mainstream. But even his mainstream is like, nah, tiny tempo. I, I'm just, I, I love that project. I loved it when it came out. Even when I go back and listen to it every now and again, which isn't often, I'll be very honest. But when I go back and hear some of the songs, I listen to it again. I was like, this is such a good project. So good. Um, that is, Tiny Temple was one of those artists who, he lived for the for those who don't know for our American audience or other people who may not be in the know. He lived in a very um, in a weird pocket in the UK music scene where it was sort of like there was a new sound coming, but 
it hadn't fully been established at any point. And Tiny Temper was kind of the king of that sound. And he was really he was the he was one of the biggest artists in the UK at that at that point, I'd say. Facts. That was man, that man was crazy performed at the Olympic opening ceremony. Yeah. Like, we, we forget that. Like man performed the Olympic opening ceremony. Man was performing at royal events, not to say that that's Bam. a big deal in this modern day, but at the time when Oops. we weren't as much of haters on the royal family, like that was a big, big deal. He was the Bam. he was the crossover star, and it's not the crossover in the bad way. Because, like, yeah. as much as, like, he had the pop rap hits and he really ushered in that era, which is really why I think our urban music now is the biggest in this country. Like, he still had hits for the streets. Like, he still kept it, like, grimy. He could still... He would still go out there and just spit bars. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm, man. It's interesting how... It's interesting how one... Now that I've just thought about that, it's interesting how one hip-hop beef can really define your legacy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Because, like... We saw, we almost saw it happen to Meek Mill. In fact, I'll argue that until this day, it yeah, it did happen to Meek Mill, fam. Till this day, I don't think Meek Mill has actually recovered from that Drake beef. As much mm-hmm. as like, no one like he's not blackboard at all. Or people will go and listen to his album still. I don't think he will ever like fully recover to the point where he was before mm-hmm. that Drake beef started. And I think beef is. That beef is insane because you can really go from top of the world to oh, why are you listening to that person? It's crazy, it's scary, but not scary for me because I don't have an album out and I'm not a rapper yet. <laughs> anyway, man, my number three. I ah, I wrestled with myself to if I was going to put this on the list, wrestling but I said. Like in the physical right. or in the or in the mental metaphorical. I, I only ever wrestle with myself in the physical, man. In the mental, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Man's out here. That's how they're tugging your own collar, like pulling <laughs> <laughs> like, yourself you to the floor. <laughs> I was like, get off me, get off me. <laughs> Fight back. Fight, ah. <laughs> I wrestled with myself on if I was going to put this one on the list. But I said, Raheem, if you're being honest with yourself, your 2013 would not have been your 2013 without this album. So you have to mention it. And that is Jesus. Um, Jesus damn near defined the entire year for me. Um, It was an album that I spent probably majority of, and, well, yeah, probably majority of 2013 defending against saying, yo, you guys don't understand that this sound like is a future sound that we're hearing. And for it to actually end up being a future sound that dominated for as long as it dominated, for it was man, man, Jesus did not get the respect it deserved until years later, years later, when people started realizing that, oh no, this album is way better than what we thought it was when it first dropped. This isn't just noise, this is greatness. It is. It was one of those albums, man. It was special. It was a special moment. Do you still listen to it? Do you still go back? Um, I never go back purposefully, but sometimes I'll put my phone on shuffle and a song will play from the album and I'll be like, oh, on site. <laughs> Let's go. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, I always forget just how great those songs are. Like Blood on the Leaves, 
all of it, and they still sound really, really good today, just because they're like very individual. Like there's not a lot of songs that sound like them, although you can hear its influence in music after the fact. Um, to be honest, that was an album where I'll say us two, especially. It was one of the first few albums where we started having like real, like deep music dialogues. If you remember back to when that album dropped, I remember us being on the bus, like really having conversations about this album and what it meant at the time. So it's a crazy album. It's a crazy album, man. I think that album, yeah, yeah, real love for that album. Yeah, because I was really around the point. Like, I know you always go back to like Meek as beat or Dream Dreams and Nightmares being the album. That was really the point. It's like the other side of that coin where you were like keeping up to date with what was dropping like mm. you listened to that on the day it came out same with obviously the same day as born sinner like you listened to that on the day it came out so like when i then come in i'm like yo you have to hear i'm in it mm. you yep. you actually then heard it like you're not then coming back with a retrospective like we can actually have it so yeah it was definitely favorite song oh i've got the name of it um i'm in it I'm in it has always been my favorite song of this album. Um man, man, something about the way the beat hits, something about the way Kanye's cadence, um, well selected his cadence over it. The bars, yeah, yeah. It it was the first song on this album that had me like losing my mind, as in I'll tell people, but I'm in it, man. You don't even do time you look oh man, like yo, I was losing my mind every single time that song played and for that song yeah it's still i will never be able to let go of how i felt the very first time i heard that so yeah definitely i'm in it for me number three man two chains mm. based mm. on a true story to um four 36 feds watching where you been i do it used to those are the first six songs off this album those are the first six fucking songs off this album <laughs> what a moment <laughs> what a moment in time because we really <laughs> thought 2 Chains was going to be a flash in the pan Bam. <laughs> the pan kept flashing was... <laughs> we thought all he had was she got a big booty so I call her big booty you don't understand and then he told I us that no I, I have tracks I have hits like we thought it was just going to be she got a big booty so I call her big booty a year later, after that, mm. he comes back and tells her, I'm drunk and high at the same time, dripping champagne on the airplane before. It's just Damn. it's just a flash in the pan again. <laughs> a year later, he comes back with, I've been getting money, where the fuck you been? Man. <laughs> two chains. Based on Yo. a true story, too. Where, it, for me, it was really a moment where I was like, oh, this guy, I was one of those people, by the way. Like, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. to say I was like there from day one, like, this guy's going to be here. I was one of those people who he had to keep proving himself to me that he was mm. going to be around. And this was the project. So I was like, oh, this nigga is here to stay. Because mm-hmm. it's so, it's got all the hits in the world. And then it's got all the story in the world. Like, mm. backed by it. So it's it's such a good project. It's one of those ones that doesn't get enough mention as 2 chains as a rapper, just doesn't get enough mention, which is just sad. But it's what, we know what it is at this time. But yeah, based on a true story too. Production, bars, songs, just brilliant, brilliant product. Oof. 
I'll never forget the first time I heard Feds watching. Oh my, oh god. my like, goodness, when the man. camera's clicking in the beginning. Oh my god, that was Pharrell's like that was Pharrell's peak, and that is crazy mm-hmm. to say considering who Pharrell is and what he's done. But in that moment where he's then gone and done happy, he's done his yep. own tape. Like in that was that the same year? With Daft Punk? Was the year after working with Daft Punk, like. That was when sort of fucking obviously we don't talk about it now, but Bloodlines was out. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like all this mm-hmm. type of shit. And then his production work that he was doing, no, that feds watching beat, and then the way two chains came on it. I was like, yeah, man, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy moment in time, man. Oof. Wow. Wow. All right, cool. What are we at? Four? Yes, sir. Alright. And number four, I have long live ASAP. Um, I don't think I could have had a list without this, man. I don't think I could have had a list without this because Long Live ASAP was one of those I've never heard. Is rare, is rare that an album is heard for the first time and you immediately know that this is about to be the biggest artist in the world. And that's exactly what Long Live ASAP was. The very first moment I heard the beat drop for Goldie. I said, it must oh, be because it got it Fam, it was so clear. And to anyone who it wasn't clear to, I don't know where you were at or what you were listening to because it was so clear that, yeah, no, there's not, it's going to be him versus the rest of the music industry for real. And it really was for a long time. For a long time, there was no talking about the music industry, but talking about ASAP Rocky and ASAP Mob. And this was the album that. It just it was so it made it so evident to me. It was so good for effing problems to be on this, for wild um wild for the night to be here, for Goldie to be here, and for all the songs in between. Yo, excellent, excellent. One train lives on man, man. This album was one of those. This album was one of those. Still is one of those. Favorite song? Favorite song. Oof. It's a weird one. When it came out, I think Wild for the Night was probably my favorite song because it was such a, it was so different from everything else on this album with Skrillex being there and for it to be so, have such a world in the like, no, such a space or such a presence in the dance scene whilst also being very clearly a hip hop song. Um, but I think as time has gone on, my appreciation for what One Train is has only ever gone up. Um, is just is a moment in time that for real is a moment where it's just like you have yeah, all yeah. these artists, bam, you had to be there. Like all these artists, some of them you know, some of them you've never heard of before, but it's like everyone is coming to spit and everyone does a great job to the point where Kendrick isn't even the highlight on one train. It's crazy, it's crazy. Like, yeah, no, that was. That was something. That was something. Oh, and then also oh. effing problem. Fucking problems. Like ah. Whew. Whew. The man said barely even conscious talking to my conscious. To my conscious. Oh my god. Oh my yes. god. My god. Nah, yeah. The one train is one train the fucking problems for me. Because fucking problems, Paul. I mean, we're all there. I was we're there. All there. How was that? <laughs> I was like, yo, that oh man, that had the street. That was really my introduction. Not my introduction, but that is that was the song that birthed me realizing that Kendrick was my favorite rapper. 
Because yeah, Fabio was like, my friend turned into a pep rally. 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 Turned into a pep Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Don't, don't even talk to me about 2013, Drake, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Yo, that, and two chains were just there. Two, again, two chains were just there. Going crazy. No, man. I you. Mm. I'm going to take it. You know what I said? Long live ASAP. You, that's January um, 2013. I'm going to take it to August 2013. Obviously, ASAP being from Harlem, New York. So I'm going to take it to the other side of New York. So I'm going to take mm. it to Harlem, New York, and obviously with ASAP <laughs> being Lord Pretty Flacco Jody, I'm going to take it to the Trap Lord, ASAP Ferg. Mm. Trap man, Lord. man. Shabba Ranks is a song, Raheem. Damn. <laughs> Hood Pope is a song. Flipping Work remix. Trap oh, Lord my God. That's a like Gucci down to the suck. Like, I'll be... Baby! <laughs> didn't say anything about ASAP Mob. There was a reason that for five years my Twitter handles ASAP Paul. Like, you couldn't <laughs> say anything about ASAP Mob in 2013 because they were controlling the rap game. That's what I'm saying. Like, long live ASAP dropped in January. Coming yep. off the mixtape that dropped the back end of the year prior. Then carried throughout the year. And then Ferg said, okay, let me come and take the summer. And literally, when they say, I got to close the window because New York don't know how to be quiet. Like, yep. I'm, I, I, I've never been to New York in my life. I'll, I'll, I'll put mm-hmm. that on front street. But I know for a fact I couldn't walk around the mean streets of Shenley Brook End without hearing <laughs> some sort of trap lord being played Fam. in 2013. Like you man, man. It might have been one of the biggest... And that album lived for lived. years. Lived! Years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Favourite song off of it? Off the track, Lord? Yeah. I'd probably go with a work remix. It is probably my favourite song. I would like to say mm-hmm. Cocaine Castle as well, the outro, but it's probably work mm-hmm. remix. Fair. Yeah, it's probably work Fair. Remix. I, like I think it's, it's tough for it not to be the work remix. I'll be honest it with really you. It really is. It's an all-timer. <laughs> it's one of the greatest songs ever written. All-timer. <laughs> my fifth album is Because of the Internet by Childish Gambino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, man, this was one of those I will never forget. I got to Sir Henry Floyd. Um, one of my good boys now. One of my good, good boys. Um, he shouted me while well, we we're talking about music in general, and it was just like, "Oh, do you know about Charles Gambino?" I said, "No." He was like, "I right, listened to this album. Showed me his phone. Said because of the internet, I was like, "All right, cool. I'll download it when I get home." And I've been a Childish Gambino fan ever since. Anything he drops, I'm here to listen to. Why? Because because the internet was such a great, great introduction. Not to the artist that he was going to be, but just into who he was at that point. And watching his evolution since has been an absolute joy, an absolute masterpiece and spectacle and... Someone needs to write a thesis on just the evolution that he's gone through as an artist since. But man, like, you can kind of see that he was capable of what he is capable of today from points in this album. Points Mm -hmm. in because of the internet. Because 
Telegraph on Oakland or 3000, like he was telling us, yeah, I can sing. But he was also rapping throughout the whole album. It was a beautiful album. It was a beautiful album, beautifully constructed from top to bottom. Ah, masterpiece. Masterpiece, man. 2013 was really... It was a good-ass year for albums, man. And this was one of the albums that really stood out to me. That's so interesting. Mm. You've said it was a good-ass year. I'm surprised you didn't pick the nigga who said it was a he had a good ass intro. <laughs> I almost did, almost, almost, almost. But I said nah, because technically it wasn't an album. It's not an album, you know. But neither, neither Southern Nights. But yeah, I thought. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, favorite song off because the internet. Did you say that? Did I miss it? Uh, favorite song. Oof. Tough one. It's a tough one because I have a few songs that all live. Like, the way I think about albums in general, I always, like, can picture it. If you say favourite song, I can always picture what, like, the number one song I want to click is. Um, there's, like, three that could be my favourite on this, and that's The Worst Guys featuring Chance the Rapper, um, Telegraph Ave, Oakland, and um, 2005. At the same time, the oldest computer is there as well. And the biggest troll is there. It was a really good album, Paul. I don't know what to tell you. It's tough to say my favourite. Gun to my head, I can't live without 3005. So I'm going to go 3005. But in my heart, I'm not happy with that answer. Yeah, in my head and heart, I'm not happy with that answer. But hey, man, I feel you. I feel you. So this is five, right? Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Marshall Mavis LP2. I was tempted to as well. I was tempted to. Marshall Mavis LP2. This is probably the best po if you say um, if you split Eminem's runs into two, his career into two runs, his initial run up until Encore in 2004, and then the mm-hmm. second half of his career with relapse back um to present day. I think Marshall Mavis LP is undoubtedly the best of those albums. Um, and it's just, it's so good at so many different areas and so many different ways. It was a really good blend of him doing what um, I think he's been criticized of in recent years of just like trying to prove he can rap, but then also still having that ear and that ability to just make great songs and great tell great stories through his songs as he did in his, his early years. When you look at songs like Bad guy, the intro being a follow one or a, a spiritual successor to Stan all the way back in the 2000s. Look at songs like Rhyme or Reason, um, The Monster with, with Rihanna, and then Love Game or Headlights with Nate Russ. Like it has so many different elements to it. And then, of course, you have to talk about shit like Rap God and Berserk, where he's just rapping his fucking ass off for fun. Um, I mean, he started a challenge with Rap God. Do you know what I'm saying? There were rappers going on radio shows trying to rap Rap God, and they couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So it was just it, was, and it was just a really good listen. Like it was really good to listen to. Like it was really good on the ear. And then, as someone like me who delves a lot deeper into stories of what rappers are saying, like it had a, it, it left you with a lot to pick up with. Um, so yeah, I, I I have to go with, and I don't think it's in the upper echelon of those albums of 2013. I definitely thought so at the time, but it also came out right towards the end of 2013. So I had that little bit of a luxury um, of sticking with you a bit, but it's definitely like when I think back to 2013 and the albums that came out, as we mentioned, it's been a great year 
it was a great year for music. The fact that you could give some of those headline albums and then I could give some of these sort of B-side type albums or these these lesser side albums and, and we're both in agreement of how good these products are. Like, mm. yeah, I got Marshmallows LP too. Mm. Mm. Fair, fair. I'll never forget that moment. Like when this album came out and I heard Love Game for the first time, that was an exciting moment for me. It was a great album, man. Rap God. Rap God gassed me up the first time I heard it. The first few times I heard it, it gassed me. Um, I think it's probably what lead. It's probably the song that led to him making a lot of the songs that he later got criticized for. Um, because there was a certain culture that it clung on to it for probably longer than it should have been clinged on for too for. But when it came out, that was a moment. That was a real moment. But yeah, man, that was this was a good album. This was a really good album. It was a good year for music. It was a good year for music, man. Honorable mentions um, to Ace of Trials and Tribulations. Mm-hmm. Honorable mentions to Rich Gang with Rich Gang. Um, honorable mentions to um, Maybach Music Group with Self Made Volume 3. Honorable, yeah. music to, honorable mention to Khaled with Suffering from Success. Mm. Um, honorable mentions to Mac Miller <laughs> watching movies without um, the sound on and of course as ever a massive dishonorable mention to Big Sean for Hall of Fame um, <laughs> that's a you know why <laughs> you know why <laughs> we'll give him flowers man why did you have to go and start attacking the game? because because he knows why because someone <laughs> someone smarter than you told you the album's not ready and you were like nah it's ready um, album of the week. Album of the week, man. Crop Circle Two, an album by UK rapper Nines. It came out on the twenty eighth of April, twenty twenty three. This is fifteen songs, forty three minutes and twenty seconds long. You good for me to round that down to forty three minutes? Yeah. Coming off of Crop Circle One, which would have been what twenty eighteen. On there and thereabouts, 2017 maybe, and then following on from his most recent project, Crabs in a Bucket, in um, the special, special year of our Lord 2020. Nothing big happened in the year of 2020, of course. It was a quiet um, year. It was a very quiet year, just in life in general. Um, but Cross Circle 2, so this is the first album from Nine since his release um, from prison, his most recent stint. Um, so very interested to obviously pick up and see um, what he had to offer to us um, on this 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 album, Crabs in a Bucket, was obviously a chart-topping album. Crop Circle 1 went quadruple platinum in the streets, if not on the charts. Yeah. So Nine's definitely <laughs> one of the more prominent rappers to come out of the UK in the last decade or so. You selected this album? Yep. What was yep. the thought process behind selecting this album? It was an album... Um... That I didn't even know released until we started recording our last episode and we were talking about some of the albums that had come out on that Friday. Um, I think it was just, especially us in the UK, it would be a shame if we didn't talk about an artist as prominent as Nines when he drops an album, especially one that's named Crop Circle 2, the follow-up, well, not follow-up, but the sequel to an album that is legendary in Crop Circle. Um and then on top of that, just with the vibe of what we've been talking about in this episode and some of the UK artists that we've been celebrating, it feels right to review a UK album. So 
it was just all good timing, man. Let's get into it. Crop cycle two by nines. As we do here, what were your sort of overall initial thoughts? What were your things? What were you thinking around themes? What did you pick up on? Take us through it. Mm. Um, this was it was a good listen, man. In terms of, I I turned on this album, and Nines let me know exactly what this album was going to be about from song number one. That intro was phenomenal in that Nines basically hopped on and said, yep, cool. Let's go through my career up until date. And that journey he takes us on, I feel like it was really just a synopsis for what was going to be experienced throughout the rest of the album in terms of this whole album, he's telling us that, yeah, I made it in my career and I started out in the streets, but I've gotten to a point where most people would say, cool, you can leave that street life behind you. But what you guys also have to understand is although I've made it to this point, there was still a certain amount of pressure because of that life that I used to live on the streets. And there was a certain amount of pressure because there's just a certain amount of danger that he's called upon himself. Like there's bars in this album where he also be talking about, and I can't remember what song is on, where I think the specific line is, I'll carry that thing on me because I'd rather risk risk a bird than be on a shirt. And it's just like, yeah. Like he's he really hammers that message home throughout the entire album. And I think as a theme, it's beautiful. It's actually it's very beautifully said because one thing that you hear a lot when these let me know celebrities, yeah. Let's say celebrities. When celebrity when you see a lot of these celebrities getting in trouble or getting in trouble with the law, ended up in jail, you hear that same kind of message a lot from a lot of people on Twitter. It's like, man, this person made it, man. Why, why are you doing this? Why doesn't this person know that they don't have to live like this anymore? I'm not innocent of it. Me too. When Mikey Williams got in trouble, I said, man, what, you're messing up your family in the back. You shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. This album really changed my perspective because suddenly I'm thinking, man, just because you made it doesn't mean that your history like disappears or deletes itself. And I think that's one message that Nines really gets across throughout this album. It's like, yeah, I'm living this life, but this life that I used to live isn't just magic. There isn't magic the way. Like, that is still very much a part of who I am, a part of how I got here, and I still have to deal with the consequences of living that life till this day. Last week when we spoke um, briefly about Ashanti's album, Ashanti, um, I said one of the things that I found really interesting was the fact that the album is a journey from her being foolish to her becoming unfoolish. This album is a journey from intro when you're in the street to outro when you're tapped out. And I really found that very interesting in the, in the dichotomy and then all the issues that you find sort of in between um, that he has to face. And I think you, what you've pointed out there was really a prominent feature throughout of like, the I'm trying to live a different life and live the life that you know my status now dictates but that gang life the life that I previously lived will always be there in the background lurking so even when you go into these new spaces you carry new things you carry those things with you so there's like a bar on line of fire part six where nines is like um run up on me I'm willing to die for these chains 
Now the gang taking pictures in Cancun, bitch that ain't a dimple on my face. That's a stab wound. Do you know mm. what I mean? Where it's like these like, oh, I love that dimple on your face. Like, that's not a dimple. That's from when I was stabbed, like back when I was a teenager running through the streets. Like That's a scar that will live with me physically but then there's emotional scars olivia there's a mental scars of like you say why who always like you said that that mentality to still carry to be carrying weapons because like i'd rather do the time than be in a box mm. um and, and and that but then the journey that, that the album takes you on from him starting off like you say intro letting you know the story in the come out to the outro being able to say i'm t- i don't know who stabbed who I don't know who's selling what. I don't know who's got packs where. I don't know. I'm tapped out. I'm not in the streets. Oh, industry. I'm out of it. So I thought that was a really, really clear message and journey that went through that that um, nine sort of laid out for us there. Hmm. Um, with that, then I think we both picked up on very similar themes. What were some of the lyrics? What do you think about the lyrics and and that that helped tell that story? Man, it was poignant throughout throughout um i've used this same type of description before and i'm going to use it again nines doesn't do too much in trying to get you to hear what he's trying to say he's very like this is this is a matter of fact like lyricism type of shit like um he has one line on the outro that really like it grabbed me by the scruff of my neck was um literally saying don't call me to get your chain back if you get robbed and at that point like in my head because this whole album to that point is him talking about how i still have one foot in the streets to a certain extent not that i'm happy about it but to a certain extent i can't get that foot out and then for him to be on this i saying don't call me if your chain gets robbed i can't help you get it back i'm not i'm tapped out of this i'm tapped out of this i'm tapped out of it i'm not in the streets and like for him to like say that line so poignantly to a point where me who's like I'm listening on my you know me on my first listen I don't necessarily listen out to all the words I'm not trying to catch every word I couldn't help but listen it grabbed me out of the I really like it grabbed my attention it was like wow okay hold on and for that whole song for him to now talk about how him having a daughter he'd spend time with child like his man the songwriting throughout this album is just so poignant. And I think it's, it's one of the benefits, like the tones that he uses, the cadence that he uses, is so his lyricism stands out beyond everything else. Beyond everything else. I hear every word. It's so, the clarity is crazy. It's crazy. Like it's impossible to miss bars. Like it's impossible to not listen to every word he's saying throughout this album. It's really, it's really interesting, even like what you're picking up there. Cause I think also the way like that theme carries through in his lyricism because like there's a bar that he has on the outro as well where he's like um i ain't trying to run the hood i gave it to my young cheese and then when you reflect on like the story he tells in letter to hydro interlude where it's like telling that story of how his boy who got back like left him his line essentially so you gotta pick this up and you gotta run it and like go out and do the street and make the peace and do whatever um like he's now sort of like yo i'm out of it like he 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 hasn't i mean he has got bagged multiple times but in this context he hasn't had to get bagged to then like step out of the life do you know what i'm saying like there are people who thought i'd be trapping on the block forever but xena records is the new rockefeller 
I wouldn't go that far personally, but I understand the sentiment of what he's saying. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not gonna fight with the nigga. Do you know what I'm saying? If he wants to say that, I feel him. He he should feel that way. I appreciate that. Just as a hip hop historian, I am I wouldn't feel comfortable making such declarative statement. That's what it is. Uh, but now I'm with you. I think the bars the bars are poignant there though. Mm, mm. Is the bar where he says, um, oh my gosh, what's the line? Where he says, Yo, my my ops are a thing. My ops are gassed that I made it because now that I have to pay as much tax, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. My God. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. The bars throughout this are poignant. The poignancy of this album. Yeah. Oof. Man. It's the lining. It's the lining curve he goes on. Like if you even if you look back at Highly Blessed, where he starts off that that verse and that bar, and he's like, I got famous, I still hang on the mains, I'm rich and still gang gang, I ain't changed. Like serving two on the back of the range, and then when he's then even like the internal lining throughout that song where he then talks about they kill Nipsey Hussle on his own block, they kill Young Dolph at his own block, Snoop on his own block, niggas come for me, I'm emptying this whole block to then get to the point of the end where you're like, I ain't on the strip, bro. (laughs) Like I'm in office, I'm in the studio recording. Like you ain't Mm. finding me out nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm good. So yeah, I think it's I, I I think like I said, the lyrics are poignant. And um, even if you're just listening through, and again, because there's a lot of features on this album. Well, not necessarily a lot, but there's a number of features on this album. Everyone else as well is really poignant in the shit that they're saying. And we'll probably get to features in a bit as well, but something like Clavish on Different League, for example, and some of the shit that he was saying there and knowing his come up and, and what he's doing in the game right now over mm. here. It's like, it was, it was really, really good to hear in that spot. Um, mm. Let's say it's the production, man. What do you think of the of, of the overall production and how the project is sounding? Really, 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 really good. I enjoyed the production from beginning to end. I think every beat does what I need the beat to do in that it's good enough by itself that I could bop my head to the beats that I'm hearing. But at the same time, the beat is never overwhelming. It's never the predominant sound. Um the album knows what it needs to do in that the main star of this show is the story of the journey that um, that Nines has taken us on from beginning to end. And it cannot overshadow that because it's not one, it's, that's not the purpose of this album. And it never does. It really never does. As many, Even when the beats are a bit more like creative and they're a bit faster or they change up, Nines is the star of the show. Even on the songs that are a bit more fun, like um, Calendar. Calendar doesn't necessarily need to be a song where, like, I need to hear every single word. Because really, he's just talking about how he has all these different girls he's trying to juggle it. But I have my Monday girl, I have my Friday girl. There's an issue because my Tuesday girl wants a Friday, so blah, blah, blah. But at the same time... Sample's crazy. Catch- the sample is crazy. The sample is insane. Of course you have to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. Yes, that's the only sample you can use here. It just makes too much sense. And at the same time, I am catching every single word, every single bar, every single flip of cadence from um, Nines. Why? Because the beat knows, hey, we have to let it breathe here. We need to give space here. We need to go into here. This Here, lower the drums. Here, do this. It's insane. It's insane. And then as we always get into, in terms of sequencing, I think this album is sequenced really well. Slightly, I don't say it's too long, because I don't think it's too long. 
what I do think is there is a point in this album where, and this is literally my early criticism of this album, where I start to feel like, okay, I get it. Where he's kind of telling us the same thing. The message of, I'm in the streets, but I'm also, I've made it. I've made it, so I don't need to be in the streets, but there is a part of that street life that I'm still living. He get That message is kind of repeated a lot throughout this album. And it gets to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, I understand. <laughs> you told me the same thing seven times now. How many more times are you going to tell me? That is a bit of an issue. But that being said, every song is good. There's no song in this album where I can say, mm, didn't need that. There's nowhere where it feels jarring from one song to the next song. Um, so I think it sequenced really well. I possibly would have suggested maybe cutting a couple songs. I don't know what songs you would cut, but I think it could have been one or two song, songs shorter because um, he got his point across regardless. But it was a really good album. It was a really good album. Really sequenced really well, produced really well. I'll start where you finished. I don't think it's too long, but it doesn't need to be this long. Because mm-hmm. it does get to the point where if I was just listening to this as a fan and I wasn't listening to it knowing that we were coming in to review it, I probably at the back end would have started to zone out a bit. And so it doesn't need to be that long. Like this, All the songs are good. And if you're actively listening to it, as we really all should be, but we know that we're not, like then you'll still pick up on it. It won't be too much of an issue, but it doesn't need to be as long. Like it doesn't need to be as long as it is. It could have been shorter and you would have got the message and point across really well. So I, I agree with you on that point. I, I agree with you on most of what you're saying about the production. I don't think there's anything special there. Like, there's no real moment where I thought, oh, this production is crazy. I think really only Favela got me like, oh, shit, mm. yeah, fuck with this. And maybe what's beefing a little bit. But there's nothing too much on production where I'm sat there like, yeah, this is, like, crazy. But it all serves the purpose of each individual song. Um, you've got those different facets and different type of beats. So Favela sounds completely different to Calendar, which sounds very different to Tony Soprano, which sounds very different to Different League. But the quality of the rapping and the quality of the song making and construction comes through um, throughout, um, in, in which is really good. I, I do have to take, you know, a gripe, but um, Rat shouldn't be doing hooks. I don't really like it. I don't <laughs> like it. I've, I've never really been too much of a fan of it in general. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he should be doing hooks. And I don't think he should be doing hooks because the dichotomy of that is that we're going to be all right if we put Nate Smalls on every hook. Like, yeah. it's been that way for me with Nate Smalls for multiple years now, and it's been that way for me with Wretch for multiple years now, where it's like, bro, you put Nate Smalls on a hook. Like, I don't know if that, I don't know if I've had a bad one yet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he kills it on different league again. Yeah, for um, real. So, yeah, I think that those are, those are like two things that just I had to point out in terms of the production and some of the production choices that were made. Mm-hmm. But overall, Overall, it's a good project. Overall, like it's it's solid. I don't think it does anything. Like I said, it doesn't do anything overwhelming. Um, there's no. I don't think there's a single song where I say it's carried by production. I don't think that's the case. Um, but it doesn't need to do anything overwhelming because the bars are so good and the rapping is so good. Overall, through features, features everyone, everyone showed up. Everyone, everyone showed up. up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone stepped up to play. Performed, performed, man. Um, there are certain artists who, when I saw their name, I was like, of course they're going to shine on this. A pop, pop Paper is never not going to shine on an album of this nature. Um, pop Paper shines. Wretch is cool. Koji Radical. I'm not going to pass this album review 
without talking about the fact that Koji Radical makes every song he's on better. He's never made a song worse. People need to start calling his number more because every time I hear him on the album, I get really excited because he's just so good. Um, M. Huncho came to play. Lilo Green. Lilo Green. Look what the weed man done. Yeah. yeah. Look what the weed man done. Oh, man. Listen, yeah, I need to hear more of Lilo Green. I'm so excited to hear more of Lilo Green because that little hook that she hopped on, man, big, big highlight. Everyone came to play, man. Kavish, um, you mentioned earlier. Wow. I didn't I hadn't heard from him before or heard of him before, but this has put him on my radar because man, man, he was spitting. Oh, everyone stepped up. Everyone stepped up, man. There was no one who disappointed. No one who started rapping who I was like, ah, take me back to nines. Like I enjoyed everyone who came on, and then nines only added to the enjoyment. Um, yeah, there was a lot of features on this album, by the way. There was it was a lot of features, but it doesn't feel like a lot of features because throughout it, as good as all these features sounds, the best person on this album is always nines, in my opinion. Yeah, and the features are spread out in a nice way with that. I'll go back to your Clavish point. For me, Clavish has um, one of my higher-rate rap albums of the year so far. It's just long as shit, bro. Like, it's <laughs> actually just, it's annoyingly long. Like, one of those albums, you just, it, I, for God's sake. <laughs> it's one of those albums where you'll look at it and you actually feel disrespected by how long the album is because it's like, who, who do you think... I am. Do you know I pay tax, bro? Um, rap game awful. It's an hour and twenty nine minutes. Damn, one hour twenty nine minutes in twenty twenty three. Bro, oh my it's god! Like, it, oh my goodness! I was really expecting you say like an hour. One hour mm. twenty nine minutes is ugh, that's a bit outrageous. I don't know if I'm listening that's, to that. I'll be with you. It's a bit. It's a bit insane, but it is one of my my favorite rap albums of the year. Um, to be honest with you, and he showed up again here, like his verse on different league, where he's like, "Respect for my niggas up in the trap. If it weren't for rap, I'd be in there too." The feds, they hate me. They know I. They know I done some shavings, bait, but left no clue. Um, before I continue, actually, I want to take this time to to use this as our our um, episode moment to once again call upon correctional facilities to free Pooh Shiesty. Um It's enough. It's enough. He's sorry, man. He's sorry. He's sorry. Look, look, look what happened. They freed nines and look at the beauty that he's doing in the streets. Man. And he's tapped out. Imagine mm. now, imagine now more with Pushaisty, man. That's mm. the problem. Music hasn't been in a good place since they locked up Pushaisty. And there's mm. a dissertation that needs to be written on that, but no one will give me the money to do the PhD <laughs> for it. So it's yeah. just sat here and it's just sat here in this big ass bald head that I've got. But if I really took the time to sit mm. down and I can explain to niggas why music is in a terrible place since Pushaisty got a lot. <laughs> man, put papers in now as well, man. A brave. <sighs> anyway, but yeah, no, the features they they all did come to play. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Everyone, everyone did their thing. No one really, um, and no one, like, like I said, no one outstayed their welcome. Um, and Nines was always the lead star of the project, so that was good. It's great to hear scraps. It was great to hear scraps. Yeah, on highly blessed yep. as well. Um, overall, good work. Overall, good work from everyone. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Songs? Oof. Songs, tough one. Tough one. I think for me, 
number three, I go Calendar. Yeah. It stands out from the rest. Um, but it's just a fun song. Fun from the very beginning, from the little skit intro that we get um, to the end where he's just going from for him to switch from I right, cool, this is how like the different day girls are, but then him to switch to I bought my Aries chick, my Gemini chick, my cancer chick, and just going into descriptions and all of them. Now I'm not one of those witchcraft people, one of those um sun moon people. So I don't know if his descriptions are accurate, but it's fun. It's fun to listen to. It's really fun to listen to. Um calendar I always have a good time listening to. So that's my number three. Number two is the intro. I think it is probably one of the better intros I've heard this year so far. Um, it's great. It's such a good... It is literally just an introduction to this whole album. It serves as an excellent synopsis to what this album is going to be. Um, and then number one for me is the outro. Because the outro, as you said, it just bookends a brilliant story. A brilliant story where you get to the outro and you look at the subject matter of all the songs that have come before the outro, and it's just like, man, it is a beautiful thing that we've gotten to this point here, and it makes you want to go through the journey all over again. So that is my list. I like it. No matter, man. Um, I was very close to being similar, but three, I got um, Different League. Mm-hmm. Um, just really great track. I really, like I said, we're going to be all right. We put no smalls in every hook. Clavish was rapping his ass off. Nines was, was just rapping in the form he was in all album as well. So I was a really big fan of that. At two, I got the outro. Two, I got the outro. Okay. Big fan of it um, for everything you said and for everything we've really discussed throughout this, this podcast already today. And at number one, it just gives me a really, like, really good vibe. I really like Favela. I really, mm. really fuck with I love Jay Styles on the hook. Very different to obviously um, the outro or the intro, which I think you put eloquently. But I am a, such a huge fan of Favela. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is like a jam. It's like my mm-hmm. like the way on um, Oh My is on Crop Circle and the way um, Airplane Mode is on Crabs in a Bucket. Mm. This is my one from that mm. where I'm like. As much as Nines raps hard and does all of that, this he also does better than anyone else. These type of tracks or will just go off in a car on your orcs or whatever. So I've got Valor at one, Outro at two, and Different League at three. Can we take it to the scales? Yeah, sure. You been in the favela out of curiosity? Have I been in favela? Mm. I was born Are you in the favela. favela? Mm. Uh, mm. Presently, no, 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 I'm not in London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you've been there. You know, uh, you know what I've that lifestyle is. I was born and raised in a, I mean, I was born and raised in a favela. Now I live in luxury, unlike some mm. of the scum that live throughout <laughs> that that area that we call this nation's capital. <laughs> you know, you can't stand yeah, the yeah. central London for too long and breathe the air. Like, yeah, your hatred for London. One day, <laughs> we're really going to have to understand it. We're going to have to dissect it fully. Not this explained, podcast, but I've one explained in so many different terms why I don't like that city, <laughs> and people will be like, "But why don't you like it?" So you think I'm supposed to like breathing in toxins, like <laughs> above the no? Yeah. <laughs> Continue, man. Give us the scales, <sighs> man. The two stubborn Nigerian rankings go as such. 
I hate I ever listened to this. Won't be listened to it again. Whole lot of mid. Might stay in rotation for about a week. Pretty damn good. Serious project. And then either me and or Paul can give it our 50% stamp of approval. In the case that we give it, that we both give it our stamp of approval, the album will become Two Stubborn Nigerians Approved. Paul, what ranking are you giving this album? I got pretty damn good, man. I got pretty damn good. I like it. Um, it's a good project. I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it going into it, which was a really good surprise. It's a very smooth listen, easy to get through. Um, I There was never a moment, though, where I felt like this is like, I don't have it as high. We have, we've reviewed enough rap albums this year and we've listened to enough rap albums this year that now I can say, how do you rate amongst this album and that album? And there was never moments where I felt it touched the higher echelon rap albums that we touched upon this year. Um, but it's a pretty damn good album. So I, mm. I, I go down. Fair, fair. Um, I think I have it as a serious album. I think I have it as a serious album. It is an album that, Mm. It's a tough one because I'm literally I'm on the edge between serious album and pretty damn good. Um it's one of the better sounding albums, I think, from this year. It's an album that will definitely have a long lifespan for me. That being said though, the reason I'm tempted to drop it down into pretty damn good is literally just whilst it's been out, there's been a lot of times where I've had this album on, I've been enjoying this album but I've also wanted to listen to other albums that have come out this year, which is a bit of a hindrance. It's a bit of something that says, mm, maybe you're not as big of a fan of this album as you think you are. But for now, what this album is, and the fact that this album has gotten better on every listen, and the fact that whilst I'm listening to it, it gets better between the intro and the outro, I think it would be unfair for me to put it any lower than Serious Project for now. So I have it as Serious Project. But... It is now time for us to get into the foundation of this podcast. What makes this podcast so great? The thing that has never changed since episode one of this podcast. And that is our music recommendations for the week. Paul, can I start this time? No. Let me start this time, though. No. But let me let me start this time. Just this one time. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Why can't I start this time? I want to start. <laughs> Alright, Paul, what's your recommendation for the week, man? <laughs> K Faraway, Rock Noir, mm-hmm. YSO London, mm-hmm. King K, and Cam Thomas. All their details will be in the description. Check them out, man. Pick one of them, check them out for a day. Pick the next one, check them out for a day. All of them got some amazing work. I know that's what I'm going to be doing throughout this week, but that's it. The real is back. K Faraday, YSO, Rock Noir, King K, Cam Thomas. Mm, mm. Man, I'm here to double down on what you said, but I also have another recommendation. But I'm doubling down on what you said for real because... Yes, go and listen to those artists. All of them are super talented. And if you haven't heard of them before, then, wow, get ready to become fans. Get ready to become fans because all of them, outrageous amount of talent there. Um, But my recommendation that I had coming into this was Soul Present by Q. 
um, dropped on the 5th of May. Man, um, it's a project that I've been looking forward to. And <laughs> I told Paul, what, yesterday, the day that we went to the showcase, that this is going to be my recommendation, just because it's a project that, man, man, the songs that I had heard from it already beforehand were some of my highlights off rip. And as a whole project, it's only gotten better for me. So Q, Soul Present is my recommendation for this week. And just like that, track 93 is in the tuck. We now look forward to 94, soon to be 95, then 96, 97, 98, 99. And then just like that, we're 100. And we have to think of something special to do. Have we thought of something special to do yet? Absolutely not. But we will. Maybe. Don't hold me to that. Paul, any last remarks for the people? Just because it's summertime, guys, doesn't mean that you can just be moving recklessly and relentlessly in some nasty, nasty ways. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into what that means, but just some of you, watch yourself. Have some fucking decorum when you're out in public. And I'm not, and I don't know if that's just because I was in London and you people are wild animals for real, but just have some decorum in the way that you're behaving. Sha, mm. I've spoken. If you like, those of you that are wise, you will hear me. Mm. Mm. Um, so I'm doing the outro this week, guys. My outro for this week is Heisman by the artist known as Cam Thomas. Um, enjoy that, and as you do, please remember that Nigeria never carries last. Sideline with an instructive view. You know when you get a feeling that they just don't fuck with you. That's cool. I had a moment, sometimes it's all it takes. A moment, a realization. I'm carefree, and that's like a Chico for complication. Brushed off my shoulder, I'm sweeping through all the mess they're creating and forming beauty out of it. Got an eye for it like I scouted it. Five senses, and everyone is high. When I'm writing, cause I get reaccustomed with past tenses and put my present perspective on it. That's all I know. Only exception, breathing on my name with respect is on it. If I owe you cash, you can check me for it. My line of credit longer than the time it took for me to get to where I'm at. It took a toll on me, and there's a debt that's old and he's collecting for it. The devil's in the details, real niggas always prevail. I learned with that encompass, now I'm moving the direction of it. I'm cursed over peace of mind, how I'm protective of it. We stay in line by our parallels in different dimensions. Betting on myself before I put a pound in my pension. Grab my bitches down. Before I try to grab your attention, let's go My bitch a trophy wife and I'm the Heisman Please make it out what you wish Say your position before I ever tell your bitch Got my eyes on real estate, I need a house up on my house up on my My bitch a trophy wife and I'm the Heisman Please make it out what you wish, yeah Say your position before I ever tell your bitch Got my eyes on real estate, I need a house up on my wheels The one at home, the only us I'm kissing on Walk of fame, the only stars I'm wishing on I'm trying to make it in my seat, they chasing mattress money Power that I'll harness, realize why she got attachment to me All that money that you're flashing, that that's covering something way deeper, huh? I'll take grave action now when I'm eye to eye with the reaper You can't cheat your way out death, but I won't be the one that's weaker No smokers rolling, the way rappers trying to twist the truth There ain't no round twos, ain't no how twos There ain't no manuals to follow, so talk gears, they what I'm switching to My future son, a lot of times we coexisting through Hoggy still, how you niggas looking nappy? I've been fucking more than ever, they say do what makes you happy no one night, it's only one liners. In the trenches, like some front liners. X man off key, she thinks we in tune. She in love with diamonds, I might let her work the crown jewels. Can't be gone in an instant, I had a dull reminder. Try not to get my heart ache on, but I'm a soul survivor. You're some dashboard niggas. I see your head's big, but the body miniature, so sinister. Up until the point the dinner's done, when you ain't counterfeit, don't need to say that you the realest one, they know it's good. 
My bitch a trophy wife and I'm the Heisman Please make it out what you wish Say your position before I ever tell your bitch Got my eyes on real estate, I need a house up on my house up on my My bitch a trophy wife and I'm the Heisman Please make it out what you wish, yeah Say your position before I ever tell your bitch Got my eyes on real estate, I need a house up on my wrist